Hey guys, welcome back to this week's episode of the American Landman. I'm your host, Neil Hogger, land specialist with Whitetail Properties Real Estate, and you found the American Landman podcast where we talk about buying, managing, selling American land. Well, in this week's episode, we have a discussion around tractors and what does it take to uh, run or operate uh, your farm, your hobby farm, uh, without breaking the bank, uh, buying too much tractor. And I can tell you from my own experience, that was one of the biggest questions I had early on when I started buying land is how big of a tractor do I need? Do I need a tractor? And I'm going to say, you don't need a tractor. You surely don't. You can do a lot of the things that we do, uh, with ATVs, even hand tools, but I'm going to say an ATV on the minimum, a UTV kind of ups your ability, kind of helps you do more work faster. And a tractor is the ultimate. If you can get a tractor, uh, man, not only is it just it's just fun. I mean, it, it is friggin' cool to go out to your land on your tractor and you feel like the boss. And I'm telling you that from experience, there's nothing better than getting on the tractor in spring in late April for me here in Wisconsin and doing some work. I mean, it's just, there's something about it that the, uh, these farmers have been keeping to themselves too long, but you know, we're making great American landmen one acre at a time and, uh, getting a tractor, is so important. So I have a John Deere 4020. It's about a 26 horsepower tractor, turf tires. And I've gone out and I've assembled uh, a whole barrage of equipment. Probably spent money. I know I've spent money on stuff that I don't need uh, because it's just, it didn't work with my tractor. I don't have enough horsepower or I just frankly don't need it. Or now because we do the vitalized seed system and the no-till, um, I just don't need some of the pieces of equipment that I have. Um, but there are pieces that I would like to do, uh, have, and there are things I would like to do with my tractor that I can't do it, uh, because I don't have the attachments, um, or I don't have the options on my tractor. And, um, the only way to do that is to take it back to, uh, the dealership and have those things attached. And when you do those, uh, when you build up your tractor, I guess it's costly. That's, that's where they make, I, I don't know their models, but I'm guessing that their um, profit margins on these attachments and the, and the things that you need to have those attachments is where they make a lot of their money. It's the aftermarket attachments where they make a lot of the money because nowadays with the tractor market, from what I can see, they're all pretty good. And you're going to hear Doug Rehor, founder and CEO of Summit Tractors, talk about that. And Doug says that, you know, all of the tractors on the market are super nowadays because you have to be but the summit tractor line of tractors that we're going to talk about today come pretty much set up for guys like you and i um they're all everything you're going to need to get started is already there you're not up up charge or upsold to get that stuff later on and he does it for a great price we don't really get into discussion too much but let's just say that you're getting a tractor um a summit tractor for well under twenty thousand bucks so this episode applies to you. Many of you are buying your first properties and uh, you're going to want a piece of equipment. You should check them out. So without further ado, uh, we're going to get into this conversation. But before we start, we always do this. We're going to take a few minutes to talk about um, our sponsors of the show. And please, if you wouldn't mind, you know, support them, check them out. Uh, they're good people. They have good products. And I think you'll uh, find a, a need for it in your world. As always, guys, I'm Neil Hogger. I'm a land specialist with Whitetail Properties Real Estate. This is the American Landman Podcast. 
This week's episode is brought to you by Vitalize Seed, cycle plant nutrients the way nature intended. The PackerMax HD Cultipacker, 100% of your seed goes down, 100% of your seed comes up. Landgate, data intelligence and marketplace for land and its resources. And First Products Grain Drills, maker of the multi-drill, quality, precision, durability. And now let's get back to the show. All right, and we're back. Doug, Rehor, welcome to the show. Hey, Neil. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, this is going to be a good talk because uh, at least where I'm at, um, we're starting to think about land management and food plotting, and we still got a lot of snow on the ground in the northern probably half or to the third of the state of Wisconsin. But as I look out the windows here at the uh, American Landman Studios in Western Wisconsin, it's starting to rain. We still got a foot of snow on the ground, but we're going to lose some of that this week. So starting to get to be that time of the year. Well, I, you know, I, I hate to tell you this, Neil, but I'm, I'm in the Atlanta area. and uh, So far, we haven't seen uh, much snow, although it might surprise a few people. We do get uh, a snow on occasion, a little ice and Creates quite the panic around here, but we work our way through it. Yeah, we we get a big laugh out of that every time the East Coast gets, you know, a couple inches of snow or the South, the whole world stops and we're up here uh, just working away and <laughs> it hardly, hardly is a speed bump for us because our snows, I mean, we'll have, I think we've had a couple really good sizable ones and one was like 10 plus inches, I think, maybe more up North and takes about a day, you know, slow down for a day, but we don't buy all the bread off the shelves and panic, you know, like you guys do. Well, I'll tell you, I, um, in truth, I miss those days. I grew up in New England and, um, you know, as a, as a kid, it was dragging the skis to nearby hill, pulling the sled, snowball fights, all those kinds of things. So, um, once in a while, it would be nice to experience that again, but we're pretty happy down here in the South. Yeah. Well, I enjoy it. And if I could get out of here for a month in the wintertime before habitat season starts again, I'd probably be very happy and be fine with it. It has its benefits, but when you sit, when you're about three months into a hard winter and it's a negative 35 and you still have to go out work selling land like I do, whew, I tell you, it can get, get pretty tough. So. Well, hey, well, let's get into this a little bit. So um, to the listeners, um, I wanted to have Doug on here because he's come out with a, uh, I'm going I'm to say it's a new tractor company, but it's geared towards guys like us that aren't farmers. And um, if you're like me, uh, you're learning the process of land management and you kind of learn as you go because you don't have a dad that was a farmer, you weren't a farmer and you go out and you buy a piece of land. Heck, you don't even know where to start. And early on in my career, um, of land buying, Doug, one of the things that I had to have right out of the gate, or I thought I had to have at least right out of the gate was a tractor. And I had no idea what I needed. I didn't know what to buy. I, I wasn't a John Deere fan or a Kubota fan or Ford. I mean, I, I just didn't have the, I didn't, I wasn't in love with anything and I had no place to start. So I, I was on the internet and I came across, um, I'll give, um, Courtney, a plug here, goodworkstractor.com. Check out his website and uh, his YouTube channel. It's pretty extensive. And I, But he was talking about your tractors. And I thought, I'm going to get Doug on here because you're really speaking to the guys that I deal with all the time. And those are most of the guys, you know, my average sale, Doug, is probably 80, 80 acres, call it, and a lot of smaller ones. Um, 
So a lot of small time guys, maybe a lot of them get into, into food plotting and land management for the first time. And they really, they have no experience at all. So that's why I thought I have you on, but, um, I'm going to shut up here. Why don't you tell us about you and your experience, uh, professionally and how you came to be, uh, founder and CEO of a tractor company. I'm sure it's a good story. Well, well I hope so, Neil. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm an air force veteran. And, um, after I, um, after I, uh, parted ways with the air force after desert storm, 1991, I entered the defense industry in the Washington DC area. And my area of focus was in technology and integrating um, maintenance management systems into major weapon systems like tanks and Bradley fighting vehicles and helicopters and that kind of thing. And if you wonder how that connects to tractors, well, it was... Because they're built like a tank? Well, yeah, <laughs> it, it, there are similarities. So you've got farmers and you have soldiers. And um, I think there's a lot of similarities in, in, um, in, in, the, in those backgrounds expectations um they're doers um and then the equipment itself and or the weapon systems it's big iron and then we were trying to retrofit these very advanced diagnostic systems into things like um, bradley fighting vehicles and abrams tanks and we're stuffing new technology into something that was never designed to have that technology in it and um at the same time i was doing that um, i had a friend who worked for what was that then Case Corporation, um, Racine, Wisconsin-based and so forth. And they had just started to um, focus on integrating GPS and impact sensors into harvesting combines. So now you got a farmer, you got a soldier, you have a tank, you have a combine, and you have technology that was designed way past when the platform itself was designed. So that background, um, it doesn't seem intuitive that there's that direct correlation, but, it, but once I joined Case and started working with that technology, trying to figure out how we're going to put it onto combines and then application control systems onto big corn planters and all that. I found there are a lot of similarities. So I fell in love with the business, farmers, um, agriculture equipment dealers, the people I work with. And so ever since then, I've been in the ag equipment industry itself. I've spent about 13 years with what became CNH, Case New Holland. And then in, uh, a couple of years with Agco, that's what brought me to the Atlanta area. And then uh, was the CEO of McCormick Tractors for a couple of years. And then along the way, I, I was looking at the, the compact tractor, um, the business itself, the market, and who is using those tractors. And I said, there, there's something about how they're distributed. You know, tractor dealers, the same ones that serve farmers, are also serving we'll call consumers or rural lifestyle people that aren't using the tractor for a living, but they're using it to pursue a lifestyle. And then I looked at the distribution for that. And, um, so some 2012, I parted ways with that OEM independent dealer distribution model. That's so prevalent with the way tractors are sold. And I approached, um, Cabela, um, with the idea that, you know, you've got a lot of hunters out there that they own land, they want to um, develop and manage food plots, and it's a so you've got a real strong correlation between you know what 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 you offer uh, Cabela's as a brand, and so I spent a couple of years um, developing Cabela's um, branded tractor and uh, pretty successful business, uh, but um, you know as it turned out that uh, once Bass Pro Shop bought Cabela's, 
uh, they decided that they wanted to focus on the core hunt fish camp, so they discontinued the tractor line. Um, but then, um, you know, I, I just carried forward this idea and decided to form my own company, uh, Summit Tractors. And it was really a way to more directly reach those consumers, those rural lifestylers that may not necessarily know where their local tractor dealer is. Um, so Summit's all about um, creating this new channels um, through major home improvement retailers and farm and ranch retailers. So um, it's, it's really about um, creating a product line that is 100% focused not on farmers, but on people that own land, they're rural lifestylers, and they use the equipment to maintain their property. Yeah. I think that's, you know, that that's a, I'm going to key in on that right now. Um, I'm a John Deere guy. I have a John Deere mm-hmm. and it's a great tractor. I get to know the folks up there. So if they're listening, they always take care of me and um, I appreciate it and they keep my tractor running. But I would say that when I go there, the, a guy like me, that's got, um, again, I'm not a really track guy, 4020, uh, it's got ag, ag, doesn't have, even have ag tires, it has turf tires on it and it's a small tractor. But if I go up there with a breakdown, I am at the end of the line, uh, when it comes to getting repairs because they've got the, you know, hundreds and thousands of dollars of combine sitting there that have to be repaired. I'm kind of like the stepchild that, yeah, yeah, we sell to you little guys, but you know, we don't have time to take care of you. Um, and that's always been kind of a thing to me. And, and a lot of the guys that are I'm dealing with again, not nothing wrong with the guys. Cause I, Tim is my guy up there and I buy, I still buy equipment from them. I just spent 47,000 buying a, a gator and all that jazz. Um, but he's not a food plotter so much, and he's not a small farmer. He came from a large farm. So he doesn't really speak to me, although he takes care of me. Um, I've just noticed that. I've just come away feeling that way, that I'm not being served. Um, I'm a segment of their business, but I'm not really being served that well. It's, um, well, first of all, um, I've got nothing but respect for, for John Deere and the brand and their dealers and, and stuff. Now, they are, they've just an amazing company, and they have a dominant position around the world in um, what we'll call big ag. No doubt. And yeah, when you think about tractors, pretty much you can divide you know, the dividing line. Uh, are you using it to earn your living, or are you using it to pursue a lifestyle to maintain your property? Interesting thing about tractor sales, and this surprises a lot of people when they hear it: seventy percent of all tractors sold in the United States are going to non-farm. They're going to, to people that live that rural lifestyle. 70%. So the, 70%. It's an astonishing um, fun fact, if you will. Now, the dollar, talk about the, where all the revenue is, um, it, that is in that 30% that's going to farmers, but there are tractors now that, that can cost in excess of $500,000. Whereas you're, you look at these compact tractors, you know, they can range anywhere from you know, as low as $16,000 up to somewhere around $45,000. So, but the unit volume, which means that the vast majority of the customers, the people that own tractors in the U.S., are rural lifestyles. And that's, that's why we formed Summit, was to not only distribute the, tractor, uh, the tractors through the same farm and ranch and home improvement retailer where they likely go regularly to buy so many related products, um, 
but also the, the, the focusing on, on that customer, what their needs are, and provide a set of, you know, equipment and services that are aligned with that non-commercial activity. And that's, that's really what Summit Tractors is all about. So this morning I was watching uh, <clears throat> YouTube and the host of the show um, was bringing up comments that um, I won't talk about the line of tractors that there's the commercial use and there's, you know, everyday Joe use like a guy like me and basically talking about this durability and that these tractors aren't meant for that. They're not meant to be utilized that way. And I, and, and I, and I kind of sat back and I was thinking about that. And I was like, okay, so when I buy a smaller tractor and I go to, you know, one of the farm stores or whatever, and I buy it, or back in the day when I saw Cabela's, I'd see her line of tractors in there. Are these any less durable as far as build goes than my ag, larger ag tractor that I might try to apply to my rural land use uh, uses, not, you know, not at all. No, there's, 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 when we think of a compact tractor, it's just a large ag tractor that's in a, in a more compact space. It has the hydraulics, it has a diesel engine, it has, um, you know, things like rear remotes. It has a, a transmission that's built to last for thousands of hours. The, the, the things that can happen from time to time is, you know, it's not the number of hours and it's not using the tractor as it's designed to be used. But people will tend to think uh, their tractor is a battering ram and they, and uh, they, like they want to push a stump out of the ground and decide that running their front end loader into it is and impacting it is a good way to do it. Any tractor is going to fail if you do things like that. So, but it's, you know, through normal use, um, you can put as many hours on the tractors as you know they're designed to do. Typically, ten thousand hours on a compact tractor. It's, it's really the engine, transmission, driveline are designed to work that long um, and, and under normal use. So I wouldn't, I would never suggest to anyone that you have to buy a big tractor to get a durable, high quality tractor. There's not a tractor sold in America that I would not consider of good quality. Some are better than others, but there's there's really no there's, there's no junk brands out there. Um, you can't be competitive in this U.S. market if your tractor is breaking down consistently. Uh, right. Customers have a, um, a very strong expectation that when they go to use their tractor, it's, they turn the key, it's going to start, it's going to do the job. And, um, you know, with proper maintenance, it's going to last as long as uh, they're willing to use it. Well, we need that because guys like me, you know, I have a full-time job here at Whitetail Properties selling land. And when I get that coveted weekend where I can actually go up and get my food plots in and the rain is coming and, and I'm like, this is it, you know, temperatures are up. I'm seeing the corn starting to pop and the soil temps are in the sixties. This is my chance. I go up there. The last thing I need is, uh, having a machine, anything from my tractor down to my sprayer, uh, chainsaws, whatever, not work. I needed to be there when I'm ready and uh, so durability, yeah, and reliability is super important. So, Absolutely. yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, if, if you only have one Saturday a week to, <laughs> to work on your property, uh, that Saturday is meaningful to you, meaningful to you uh, the rural lifestyle that is to the farmer. And um, your expectation and you, and you deserve to have um, something that's going to be reliable for you. Absolutely. Now, Tractors are it's a mechanical, uh, it's a machine. 
and things can go wrong with it. Um, however, you know, our company, our brand, and, and I think the, the reputation of any tractor brand out there is really going to be determined how quickly you solve customer problems. And it could be as simple as, you know, they have a question on, um, you know, what fluids to, you know, use for my hydraulics, or they could have a breakdown and something's broken. It's, it's, you know, we'll be measured by how quickly we solve those problems and get people um, back into the field where they where they really want to be with the equipment and not having it in the shop. Well, hopefully by the end of this uh, conversation, it's not meant to be an infomercial, but I think we're going to walk away with, I might need to try these tractors and we'll probably get into the maintenance and all that you know, customer service after the sale, but we'll get into it. But before we do, let's kind of walk this down the path. All right. So a guy is out there. He's a rural, you know, hobby farmer. He, I, you know, Neil, just the American landman just sold him, you know, 80 acres and he's got 15 acres of tillable ground and he wants to, he wants to start food plotting or maybe have a little mini ranch and he's looking around for tractors and there's a lot of great choices, but he, he shows up at, you know, somewhere looking at this, the summit, cause they heard this crazy guy in the podcast talk about it and uh, not crazy you, crazy me and got intrigued. So, uh, you know, I could, I could buy any tractor, Doug. I mean, why am I going to buy a summit? Well, you know, the, I say all the, all the tractors are good. I think it's most important to, to understand, you know, what your requirements are. So acres always comes up when people think, like, what size tractor do I need? And I say the better question is, what are you going to do with the tractor? What do you need, what do you need to do and how much time do you have to do it? As, as an example, let's say you've got um, a gravel driveway that you need to spread five tons of new gravel over. That's, uh, you know, a kind of a regular maintenance thing. You can take a, the smallest tractor out there and you're going to use the front end loader and you're going to, scoop up those that gravel and you're going to move it around or you're going to get a box scraper or something like that. And you're going to pull it from the pile and move it around. Really just becomes, um, it's all about the productivity. How quickly do you want to do the job? And if you have, um, if you have a 60 horsepower tractor, it can pull wider implements. It has a bigger loader. It has more lift capacity and it's going to do that job uh, quicker, but it's also going to cost um, what could be double or triple the price of a smaller tractor. So the real, the real question is, is, and again, acreage really doesn't matter. And that sounds, um, counterintuitive. Well, if you've got 500 acres out there and 490 of it is woods and you have 10 acres that's cleared around the homestead. Um, really it's, you're only managing 10 acres, not 500. And then, um, you know, you have to look at, um, the work that's going to be done. Are you, are you using it to, to cut the grass or do you need a rotary cutter to cut brush? Will you ever need to put in fence posts? Do you want a post hole digger? Do you move snow in the winter? Um, all, all, all a tractor, it, it's about the productivity. It's how wide can the implements go? How much can it lift? How much can it pull? And if you can do the job with a small tractor that may take a little more time, that might be the best choice. If you're consistently doing bigger jobs or any commercial activity with it and so forth, you may need a, a, a bigger tractor. Um, one example, I think it's that might your audience may relate to is let's say the white tailed deer hunter and you want to you want to uh, develop or maintain food plots. Okay, if if your does your land already have food plots on it and it's just annual maintenance, which, which means you're going to till, you're going to seed, you're going to spray, you know, repeat cycle. Um, but if you want to clear land, um, let's say you don't have 
um, existing food plots and you've got some trees that need to be taken down. Well, you're going to need a chainsaw. You need to manage the stumps um, that are going to be there. You'll need to till that soil. It's going to be a lot more difficult to do it the first time than if it's done kind of on an annual annualized basis. And then it's how big are your food plots? And then what kind of access do you have to get there and so forth? And, and so it's really... Um, really understanding what it is you want to do with the tractor and the related equipment, what's the size, the scale, and the complexity of the task that you're doing there, and then just right-size the equipment for for your specific land. So it's um, really the it's really a series of questions that that you, you know, the prospective tractor buyer needs to ask themselves, confer with people they know, watch a ton of YouTube. But um, a, a 24 horsepower tractor literally has all the characteristics of a 500 horsepower tractor, which means it has a diesel engine, a transmission, it has hydraulics, it has, it has high torque, the ability to pull things. But it's going to do it on a smaller scale. But that that 24 horsepower tractor may work very well for somebody, regardless of how many acres they own. Um, it may be just a perfect fit for the specific jobs they have to do. On that property. The only other thing I would add to that is, you know, we see a lot of people who will say, get the biggest tractor you can afford because you won't regret it. Yes, I've heard that. Uh, yeah, it's like, oh, okay, that's possible. You can always grow into wanting to do more and more. But in, in most cases, uh, with tractors, um, you, if you stay with, um, you know, so let's say a 24 horsepower tractor, which is the largest selling tractor. Um, this is, here's another fun fact. 35% of all tractors sold in the U.S. are between 24.0 and 24.9 horsepower. That's a staggering statistic when you think about it. One horsepower range, 35% of all tractors. I feel pretty good. So would, I'm falling right into that, I think. Yeah, that, I mean, that is, and, and there's a reason for that because that size tractor for most people, um, seems to do the job for them. It just, it just might take a little bit longer. Um, then, then maybe a larger tractor, but it'll cost less. Um, the maintenance will be simpler. You'll be able to fit it into your garage, perhaps, as opposed to needing some a separate structure for a larger tractor. And um, it's just, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's really all about. You know, I'd say to anyone considering buying a tractor, do the research. There's just a wealth of information. Um, the disclaimer on all that is: don't necessarily take everyone's advice. And certainly don't think my advice is the only good advice out there, but it's what do you want to do with the, what do you want to do with the tractor um, and then work from there. And, uh, you know, there are literally a hundred different implements or attachments you can buy for a tractor. And it's, it's the kind of thing that you can just add on over time. You don't necessarily need to buy 10 implements when you buy a tractor. Um, typically they'll come with a front end loader, which enables you to do a lot of great things. And then, Add in a rotary cutter, a box scraper, or a rear blade, or landscape rake, or any number of implements there, and to just make sure that that equipment is aligned with the horsepower of the tractor. You don't want to get a six-foot-wide rotary cutter for a 24-horsepower tractor. That's more like a 48 or 54-inch, or maybe a 60-inch. And it's just really understanding how to align the equipment with the particular tractor you have so you don't get something that's um, too big. Um, for the tractor to handle. Well, I've had two clients recently, and I'm going to mention them by first name only, but uh, 
my buddy Joe, who's listening to this, I'm sure he knows, literally just took delivery of a brand new Kubota. And uh, he had never owned a tractor before, had done a little research. He'd been to uh, Courtney's channel, Good Works, and he ended up buying a tractor. And I think all in, he's 70 some thousand dollars into it with a brush hog on the back. He's got a grappler on the front bucket. I don't know, a couple of different implements and he's, and he's 70, at least $70,000 into it. And he hasn't even been out there. His first reaction when he got this thing was, holy cow, this thing is big. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I think you got a 44 horsepower tractor there, Joe. And yeah, that's, you're not going to regret the horsepower, I guess. I don't know if a guy ever said, geez, I wish I would have bought something smaller. But um, my first reaction was, I just don't, I don't know that you needed to buy that much tractor for what he's going to be doing. And I go back, I still think a lot of guys are going to look at this, like how much land am I working versus I think you're right. A bigger tractor, you're going to do it faster, but there's this fine line that you can cross over as a, as a rural hobbyist, a land manager, like what we all aspire to do on this podcast, where it's just kind of overkill. Number one, number two, the old lady might not let you spend that much money, nor do you need all that tractor. Because again, I, I've, I think my tractor, so again, I'm not a tractor guy, but I believe my tractor is 26 horsepower. My 4020, do you know off the top of your head? Uh, I don't know. The 4020 probably seems like it's going to be in the 30 range, but. Uh... Okay. Well, I hope it is. <laughs> I think it, I thought it's 26, but even though it's maybe, maybe barely makes 30. You know, I, I do my food plots and I would say that, yeah, um, it's a little slower. It takes me about, if I'm tilling my plots, disking or tilling, it's probably an all day event, maybe into the second day before I get everything turned over. And now I'm no tilling. Basically, I don't really open my soil anymore, but um, even if I'm mowing, um and then when I go up a, a small grade on my backfield, I'm thinking, Doug, I have this one field that's got a corner that I always try to put into something brassica related and going up that grade, man, I got to, I really got to try to keep the RPMs up. It's just not wanting to go up that hill very good. It's not super steep, but, um, it's, it's working. Uh, so I, there are times when I feel like, gosh, I'd like to have more tractor, but then again, most of the time I don't need it. It's probably a vanity thing because I definitely have tractor envy of Joe. And then I've got another uh, client um, in jo uh, that bought John Deere. And he just told me, yeah, I just spent uh, 70,000-some thousand bucks on a brand new tractor. This guy's got even less land. I mean, literally, if he took three acres of his land and put it into food plots like I've been talking to, to protect the erosion. Cause he's on a watershed that leads down to a lake. Um, man, he, did he overbuy? I mean, he way overbought and doesn't know how to run a tractor. I'm sure he'll get on it and figure it out, but way too much tractor for what he's doing. So I'm looking at your site here and I want the uh, listeners to go to the site, summittractors.com. Take us through the, TX25H, take us through it, you know, tip to tail. Tell us some of the benefits, things that you built into it for guys like me and Joe and Aaron who just bought these tractors and spent too much. And just walk us through how you thought this tractor out and how it applies to us. Yes, uh, yeah, thanks for that, um, Neil. The, the Summit TX25 is, um, our tagline is ready to go to work. And um, it's not just a saying, it's 
So what we spec that tractor out to have as standard, um, just a ton of features that would normally be options with competitor tractors. Um, let me give you an example. It has a third function diverter valve. And, uh, what a third function does is, uh, if you've got a front end loader, it has two basic functions. One is it goes up and down. And the other is it can curl the bucket or dump the bucket. So those are two different functions, up, down, and curl and dump. Well, if you want to use something like a grapple, a grapple is one of the, the very best tools you can have for a tractor. It enables you to grab things and move them from point A to point B. And, but to operate a grapple from the loader, you need a skid steer, uh, quick attach compatible loader, which means the bucket will come off and you can put the grapple on or any number of attachments. Or a John Deere quick attack, uh, which is, does the same thing, but it's proprietary of John Deere. You need the ability, you need the ability to switch between, you know, what's on the front of your loader arm there, whether it's a grapple bucket, front blade, pallet forks, et cetera. Well, with the Summit Tractor, um, it is skid steer quick attach compatible, so you can interchange all the buckets. But that third function enables you to do, um, one more thing with that front end loader, and that is to grab and release. So now you have three functions, up, down, dump, curl, grab, and release. In order to operate a grapple, they're hugely popular. You need that third function. And a lot of first-time tractor buyers are not aware of that. And people actually will buy a grapple and then come to realize when they connect it to the tractor that it doesn't work. You need that third function. So that's standard on it. We also, our, our front-end loader is self-leveling. Um, if you ever use a tractor or any or use the forklift or anything, it's important to keep that, that load level. So as you raise and lower the loader arms, that bucket or power forks or whatever it is you have there stays um, perfectly level throughout that up and down cycle, which makes it safer, more stable, and certainly um, great for using power forks. Our tractors come standard with uh, rear hydraulic remotes, which enable you to, um, to operate um, those three-point attachments that require hydraulics to either fold or move or to operate a dump trailer, for example, or if you wanted a hydraulic top link to change the angle back on tillage equipment and so forth, that those rear remotes, they're very uncommon that they would be standard on, a, say, a 24-horsepower tractor. And one more item that is particularly useful, and here's, here's one that Tractor, first-time tractor buyers in particular um, have no awareness of is that you need to ballast your tractor, which means as heavy as a tractor is, if you put so much weight in the front um, using your loader, it will pick up the back end of the tractor. So it needs to be ballasted or counter, you, need to, you need to have a counterweight. So we put um, a product called RimGuard Liquid Tire Ballast as standard in the rear tire of every one of our tractors. It adds about 320 pounds of weight to the rear. So the tractor, um, as you lift something heavy from the front, you've got that counterweight in the back, and that keeps the tractor um, safer, more stable. It allows the loader to operate to its um, optimum uh, capacity. So the third function valve, the get your quick attack, self-leveling loader, rear remotes, and the tire ballast, those items are um, standard in a summit. And we did that so when the customer, uh, the buyer brought the tractor home, they can connect any attachment to that tractor and it'll operate right out of the chute without having to have expensive add-ons on the tractor. 
And since we're distributing our tractors through major home improvement and farm and ranch retailers, you know, for example, tractor supply company, Atwoods Ranch and Home, Family Farm and Home, Running Supply, and we're, we're adding a to-be-announced home improvement retailer. And I, I can't tell you the name of that retailer, but it's one of the two largest in America. So people can guess between the two that they're familiar with which one it will be. So, and we'll be making that announcement pretty soon. Guys, I just want to take a minute to talk about Landgate.com. Now, I've been using this software for a while now. And um, as a realtor, I tell you what, it does a lot of good things for me. If anything, it really sets me apart from the average real estate agent that is just trying to sell property. And I can be looked upon by the landowner as a guy that brings resources. And in this case, land is, that has oil and gas on it. So I have a friend in Ohio and he owns probably about 360 acres and he's got oil and gas pumps on it and he gets a pretty penny for that oil uh, that's pumped out of the ground or maybe it's natural gas. But either way, he gets a pretty penny for the resources that's pumped out of his ground. And I asked him, how did you get that money? How did, how were you approached? And he said, well, the oil company or the gas company approached me and said, Hey, we'd like to pay a for that resource, would you do that? And he said, sure. And he signed him up and he got a check. But I asked him, I said, well, how do you know you got the biggest check you should get? And he said, that's a good question. I don't know. I just kind of did a deal with the first guy that came and asked. Well, the landgate.com software might be a tool that's perfect for you because what you can do is we can run a report about your land. And then if you choose to list your property on the Landgate website, I can do that for you. And uh, we'll put it out to everybody that might be interested in the resources on your land. And when you get a lot of people interested, you get a lot of competition. You're probably going to get paid more. So check them out. If you're a guy that maybe has solar or EV charging stations or wind potentially, or in this case, oil and gas and even carbon credits, we can list your property on the Landgate website. We can make everybody compete for those resources that we can get you an even bigger payout potentially. Check them out, landgate.com. Or if you're interested, give me a call. I'll glad to talk to you about in my experience. And who knows, this might be just what you've been looking for. I'm Neil Hogger and I'm a land specialist for Whitetail Properties Real Estate. I'd like to be your guy in the business. Give me a call. But since we're selling through the, the farm and ranch and home and food retailer space, they don't have the capability to install those functions on it. So we wanted to have a tractor that would, um, in effect, overwhelm the potential buyer with value with all of those standard features there. But also we wanted a tractor that uh, we didn't have to um, had have field upgrades be done to it because they're being sold out of these um, major retailer environments. So we well, wanted to make our brand stand for top of the line premium spec and also um, make sure that uh, when the customer got the tractor home, it was, ready to receive any implement that requires, you know, that front end loader, the third function, the rear remotes, and, and the tractor is safely ballasted so the customer doesn't have to worry about wheel weights or putting calcium chloride in the rear or some of these other older methods of ballasting the uh, tractor. I haven't done a, a rear wheelie yet, but I can tell you I was spreading lime with my, um, my bucket because I didn't have any other way to get it around and I couldn't get a lime spreader to come out because it's just too small of a job and my my uh trails are too narrow for their equipment so i was going out i had about 20 tons of lime delivered and i they dumped it in a pile just off my driveway 
on the front, on the north end of my of my farm, and I was doing my north end food plots. I've got about five acres, roughly. So I was scooping up a scoop at a time, uh, taking the bucket, driving over to a field, and then I just start curling it and tapping my my uh, handle there, and just kind of slowly dumping as I drove. But on the way there, there's an old rut. I, I'm guessing is what it was. It could have been a drainage rut. I don't know, but there's a rut going in my field and my front tires went down in that. And when that weight in that bucket, I felt the back end, it didn't, I didn't do a wheelie, but I felt to jump up and I went, Whoa, I really need to slow down. And I hadn't even heard of this rear tire ballast until a month ago. Again, I keep plugging Courtney, but I was, I've been ODing on his website. Guys, you got to check him out. I'm going to give him a plug goodworkstractors.com and you're going to learn a lot about tractors. And by the way, you guys are new sponsors on that show. So shameless plug yeah. for him. Yeah, I have to echo that. Um, Courtney does a great job at Goodworks <laughs> Tractors. He, he does. He projects, and, you know, he's a teacher. Um, yes, it's, uh, you know, he's, he's monetized his site and so forth, like lots of YouTubers and all that. And he does sell attachments and so forth. But he, he's got a, his audience appreciates um he talks about what he's going to do, how he's going to do his impressions. Yeah. And, he, and along the way, he's really kind of um, helped um, educate his customers. Wingard yeah. is really, um, this, I love America. Uh, it, it is truly the land of opportunity. There's a couple guys in Michigan who had this idea about a, a better way to ballast tractors. And for years and years, um, there would be wheel weights ballast boxes where you load concrete in the back and so forth. And then this product called you know, calcium chloride, which is this nasty stuff. But the reason calcium chloride is used in you know, places like Wisconsin where you get cold temperatures in the winter, um, you got to have something that won't freeze. 35 below. Calcium, <laughs> yeah, it's calcium chloride doesn't freeze, but it, but it eats at the, it's nasty stuff. It eats at the wheels and over time it'll corrode them and so forth. So, so these guys, um, Formed this company, Rimguard, and the product itself is it's actually it's desugared molasses. It's the extract from the sugar beet processing, uh, you know, from the from the big from the sugar beet plants. And farmers used to go pick it up for free from the sugar beet processing plants, and they would feed it to their cows in the winter, and they and they liked it because it wouldn't freeze. And so these two guys said, you know, it doesn't freeze. It's very heavy. It's biodegradable. You literally could eat it, though you wouldn't want to. And uh, it won't corrode the wheels. And it's, um, it weighs 30% more than water per gallon. So it's very dense, heavy, uh, environmentally friendly. And uh, it won't freeze down to 35 degrees, low zero Fahrenheit. And so they came up with a company that would um, they would get that product. They had these tanker trucks. They, they developed a pump system to pump it into the rear tires and created a whole business out of taking this byproduct of sugar beet processing and turned it into a, a very successful business. They have about 1,100 dealers around the U.S. that offer this. And it's now the preferred ballast for off-road um, equipment such as tractors because of all those great properties. And uh, so what we, we do at Summit is we put that as standard in the rear tires because, you know, it's the best ballast. It's uh, pound for pound. It's the best. And it's, again, it's just easy on the tractor and, and um, it'll never freeze. So um, we're really, you know, it's just one of those things that we wanted to put in the summit to differentiate a little bit. No, no one else does that um, for a 24 horsepower tractor. 
tractor, but but we decided that was that's what you need to do to make a tractor that's truly ready to go to work. Well, awesome. All right, keep going. So three three function hydraulics up front, ballast yeah. in the back. Yep. We put um so our our tires and wheels, you know, you, people don't really think about tires and wheels so much. You buy a you buy a new car, you know, they, they don't even know what, what brand tires they have on there or the type. But we use um Goodyear Goodyear brand um R fourteen tires. They're made in the USA by Titan. Um the R fourteen is is just a, a great tire because it it does it has the capabilities of of three different agricultural equipment or three different tractor tires that are prevalent in the, in the marketplace. And R1 is an, is an ag tire. It's got very deep cleats. So you see those big farm tractors out there with those deep cleats. That's, they're in the dirt. Um, they need that uh, maximum uh, traction and, and bite into the soil. Then there's um, an R3 tire, and that's a turf tire. So you see a tractor mowing the golf course, for example, or that's going to be less aggressive on the grass. And then you have an R4 industrial tire. And that's kind of a compromise between, um, you know, it's it's more of a heavy cleated uh, tire, but it is very aggressive and it's not that great in snow and so forth. So these the folks at Titan, they developed um, basically it's a crossover tire and it's called the R14. And we make that standard on our, our tractors as well. So um, along with that rim guard in the rear tires, the, we have the, you know, we put the most versatile tread, tread pattern, um, on our tractors as standard and they're great in all conditions. It, it will not tear up your grass. Um, it's like a, an R1 or an R4 wood. It has, um, it does great in snow and ice. It's just, um, one of its best attributes is it's, it's, it's ability to bite in those types of wet, uh, conditions and so forth. So, we decided that that had to be standard. They cost a little more. We had an opportunity to buy tires and wheels from, you know, an Asian source and so forth, but we wanted to buy um, U.S. as much as we could, and uh, we couldn't be happier to have those Goodyear-branded uh, tires. Our seat on the tractor, um, angle-adjustable armrest. So, you know, you you see people commenting they they don't like where the joystick is located, which where you operate your loader. They have to reach up from um, from the seat, or it's either too low or too high. Well, it's a simple thing, but you know, we put angle adjustable armrests, and you can just set the armrest to any height you want, and then your hand is going to be right where you want it on that joystick. Uh, backrest extension, cruise control, um, work light, uh, drawbars, two different drawbars, a bar drawbar and a swinging drawbar, a front tow hook, in case you want to use the tractor to pull something. And these, all these features, um, you know, they're, they're all very practical. Um, you may not think you need a drawbar, but if it comes on the tractor as standard, you're going to find ways to use it. The front tow hook, we have people see pulling things all the time with their tractor. It has some support. And, um, you know, these are, these are all items that are typically options on other brands because the OEMs and the dealers are, are they want to have the lowest price model on their lot. And um, that's that's very well and good, and, and I think I understand why they do that. But when the customer wants to then add on some some of these key features, um, when you do when you have to do it at the dealership, it's going to cost quite a bit. 
We just decided to put everything standard at the factory where, frankly, it costs less. But we, we have, um, one, this one model of tractor that's fully loaded, um, meets the needs of, um, the broadest range of customers. So that's why we just loaded it up as a premium, uh, tractor. And, you know, you're starting off with a new brand. You have to be different in, in many ways to get people's attention. So that's the premium features and then also where you can buy them. You know, the same farm and ranch and home included retailers where you people generally shop regularly for other products. Um, you don't need to go to a tractor dealer to buy one of our tractors. And I know, um, I know the, the audience is probably asking themselves about, but about first, um, yeah, the way we that was my next question. Yeah, Let's get into that. Yeah. It's, um, it's the, it's the best question to be asking. It's the most thoughtful question to ask. Okay. Cause you know, what happens when I need your help? So. What we do is we work with the retailers and, and so we first decide oh, where, where do you want to sell the tractors? You know, these retailers have, um, a couple of them have over, over 2000 locations. So, you know, if they want to put the tractors in certain areas, um, okay, we say that, that's great. And then what we do is we go into those same local communities and we recruit tractor dealers, equipment dealers, mobile technicians, all kinds of equipment service providers. Um, we have a, a standard agreement that we set them up at the contract where they're committing to service our tractors. We pay them very competitive warranty repair rates. All of our parts are in a warehouse in Arkansas, so they can be at a repair site within a day in almost all cases. And um, it works very well. And we use um, a CRM, Salesforce CRM to be specific, which is kind of the gold standard in that. So all of our um, Summit Tractor service dealers um, have, um, they have there's a, a contract where they're committing to provide the service, and they have access to our dealer management system where they create work orders, they order parts, they file warranty claims, and the transactions between our company Summit um, payment of warranty claims and so forth all happens um, through our Salesforce CRM that we had customized to meet the service needs of, uh, of some attractors and our customers. So it's an area where at first thought, the perception may be that it's going to be a weak point for Summit, but actually it's one of our strengths because the service providers that we bring on board as authorized some attractor service centers are the best of the best. They're, it's, it's, we, we turn down far more than we accept as service providers. And so far, everything's working very well. And think, you know, the, the, when a customer who buys a tractor at a tractor supply or an Atwood, for example, um, you can go on our website and you can find a service provider, put in your zip code, and you can see before you buy the tractor where you're going to, uh, where it will be serviced. It won't be at the store where you bought it, but it'll be in that local community. Um, and so you're not, you don't have to go far to get, uh, uh, service provided and um, about 50% of our service providers are actually mobile technicians that will come to your location and that's something very rare with compact tractors so we're our, our, we're committed to be very good at servicing um, our equipment because as, as mentioned um, early in this discussion it's, it's going to be all about how quickly we solve customers problems that's going to make or break our company and we've invested um, very heavily in that area, and we think that the, um, the combination of the good service providers and the technology 
just uh, to add uh, a bit more to that, you know, in today's world, big old people love to communicate through all different channels. So used to be it was, you know, there, all there was was the telephone. But if, if you own one of our tractors or you're thinking about owning one of our tractors, you can call us, email us. You can send a Facebook um, message through any of our, um, our, our owners and our, our uh, public Facebook pages. You can fill out a web form. You can text us. And everything comes into our Salesforce CRM, and we respond uh, the moment we get the inquiry. And so, you know, we're giving the the, the, the Summit Tracker's owners and potential owners choice how they want to contact us. So text, Facebook, phone, email, fill out a web form, um, either through the, our website or through our Summit Tracker's Connect app, and you're going to get a response uh, very quickly. And, and so that's really the primary area of our focus is really uh, on the after sale side, not so much on the front end side. Yeah. I'm looking at your website. I see you got Facebook for general public, Facebook for owners group, YouTube channel. And Oh, by the way, I love that you're doing tunnels to tower and you're veteran owned. So thank you. Cause I'm, so am I. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, there's a, I think this is kind of a rather, rather new movement where the grassroots reach out, through these social media sites are so important. I just had a conversation with um, one of my uh, title sponsors of my show, Vitalize Seed, the founder, Al, and we were talking about that. And I said, you know, I'm a sales marketing guy of 35 years. I said, you know, who's going to grab the most market share, have the best growth and kind of get entrenched is going to be the guy that does it kind of organically through sites like this. And so thank you for coming on. Cause there's a lot of people that listen to these types of shows, mine and others where they just like this back and forth and you can't touch them the same way through, you know, print media or whatever, the traditional ways of doing business where you can through these, um, very organic, simple platforms like a podcast, because guys listen to these, and I'm in their ear for an hour and 15 minutes sometime every week. So it's a good way to do it. So guys, yeah, go to the website. You could find them Facebook. There's three tabs there. You could click and follow them. Um, so the service aspect of it is important, Doug. I just, not to throw a monkey wrench in this deal here, but I went and typed in my zip code and I put 50 miles and nothing happened. Does that just mean because you're not in my location yet? That's right. Um, you, you'll, Service will only be in the locations where the tractors are sold. So um, by April, we'll be selling tractors in 20 states at 300 locations, and we'll be um, nationwide uh, by midpoint 2024. So when you start a new tractor, you know, you can't just go out nationwide on one day and flip a switch. Sure. um, You you always start somewhere. So we have a a process and an approach when we add on a new retailer, for example, we started with Atwoods Ranch and Home. They're they're based in uh, Oklahoma, and they have a total of seventy five locations in five states. And so we started at ten locations, and now they're up to fifty three locations after you know five months. Um, so it's working for them. But for all those fifty three locations, there's a service provider um, right there where the tractors are sold. And so we replicated that with all the retailers we've involved. So. Um, you know, it's just a matter of time before we uh, get everywhere. We do have uh, man- the manufacturing capacity to build as many tractors as as we need to, but we we believe in going, you know, gradually spreading out 
um, you know, the, you think you know how everything's going to work, and then reality hits in, and you make adjustments to things, and that's why we always start slow and, and we move out very quickly. Yeah. So when you yeah. get these major box stores that you're talking about coming on, are they the are they the spear point, and then the service follows in quickly thereafter? Well, the, we we will never sell a tractor until there's a service provider in the area. So, um, for example, we are we're launching at um, 48 locations for that to be named um, home improvement retailer. And so, um, and that's going to launch in April. And, the, and for every one of those 48 locations, there's going to be a service provider, not after they start selling tractors, but before they start selling. All right. You're already working so, on that. Yeah. So, so the, the sequence, this goes, we, we work with the retailer. Um, we work together to decide which locations are going to start first and when, and then, um, then we fill in with the service providers and then, and then we train the uh, store teams on um, you know all the things associated with the tractor, and then we launch. But we just we we launch when ready, never before. Um, and it's, you know the thing about the you know the, the, the communication, the way things are today. So I, I hired a director of customer engagement. You know, I I never never even heard of a position like that. You know, <laughs> but it's like it's key. It's, it's it's part of today's you know transformation. Yeah. A director of customer engagement. Well, that's just a fancy term for um, it's customer support and social media engagement and, and so forth. And, and so, as an example, we have two Facebook pages for Summit Tractors. We have one that is open to the general public, that's called Summit Tractors. And then we have another one that's available only to people that own our tractor, and that's called Summit Tractors Owners. And the reason for two, um, one is to, it's, um, we want anybody to be able to go on our page to learn about um, some attractors and but for people that buy the tractor what we want to do is is establish a community of people that uh, they all own the tractor and and this this product this tractor and people that own this product are some of the nicest kindest people you want to meet it's just it's something about the culture and the lifestyle that lends itself to people wanting to help each other and so the community, uh, which we just launched last week to some attractors owners. And so when, when you, when you purchase a tractor, we send you an invitation to join. And from that, you're now, you're now communicating not just with some attractors, not just with us, but you're communicating with every other member of that group. And, and your tips, tricks, people will, you know, share photos or videos of them doing um, projects and so forth, because people are proud of the, of the things that they do and they want to share it. Um, and then isolating it to just those owners means that the, the owners, um, that the members of that group can keep the, the discussion and the comments and the posts and all that stuff focused on everything um, that's related to their mutual, you know, that common interest is there. They all have tractors and they want to do more with them. And it could be things like, you know, um, you know, What's, what do you recommend for, you know, a box scraper or something? You know, it's, it's stuff we sell and stuff we don't sell. It really doesn't matter. It's just uh, to build that community. Yeah. I think I'm, I'm glad you recognize the importance of that level because I know in my area, I mean, I'm um, in near Minneapolis, Minnesota, and there's a, just a ton of, you know, millennial 30 somethings, Gen Xers that are coming out of these larger cities and getting into these rural lifestyles and, Let's just face it. They, they, they really depend on social media. They've never had this equipment. They are, it's the first time ever buying these little hobby farms that they're buying from me. And that connection makes them, it's just a warm fuzzy 
that they they feel connected and it's it's important. So I think that's a great move. Yeah, it's a great move. Well, thank you. Yeah, they mentioned millennials, so the you know the tractor buyer, um, you know the you know the demographics that you all say, you know how old are they and so forth. It's it's very interesting and surprising. The the you know the if you, once you get out of commercial farming and you get out of the people with the land, yes, it's younger people, and um and and the, there's the female in the household is often just as um, much an enthusiast and in, in on the buying decision and so forth. So we're actually creating a um, you know our YouTube channel Summit Tractors is we, we just kind of launched it and we're building it out. It's really going to have three different sections to it, and one of it is going to be the tractor gal. And it's um, and it's going to be focused on um, tractor use, um, targeting um, female tractor um, users, and it's really just to present something a little bit different and a little more focused, because um, you know when you bring in it's a big investment into the household, and it's something that um, you know that that typically there's a partnership and you know the buying decision and so forth and. And there's just a lot of things that a tractor can be used for, and and we found that um, that the, the female tractor user is often more creative, um, and wants to do uh, more interesting projects and so forth, and and so we want to be able to provide for that audience. And we also have another side of the channel which is is called the, the tractor shop, and that's where you know the videos are going to be focused on. You know, teaching people how to do their, you know, daily maintenance or periodic maintenance, how to do your 50 hour service, you know, which filters get changed and so forth. For those that like to do their own service, we want to enable them to do that as well as, um, you know, you know, basic troubleshooting. You know, you turn the key, the tractor doesn't start. Well, it's only going to be three or four things. And, and, and it's in our interest to share that information as broadly as we can. And so you can go on our website right now, website, and you can anyone whether you bought our tractor or not, the shop manuals are there for download. Um, no brand does that, and they do it because they they want to protect the the, the, the tractor dealers themselves. Um, but but we we want to empower the tractor owner to if they choose to do service themselves, we want to provide them the tools to do it because. When you think about it, somebody that bought a tractor, there's, there's, you know, almost by definition, they're, they're a doer. You know, they, they're, they're, they have, they, they own tools. They know how to turn a wrench. And, and what frustrates a lot of tractor buyers is they may buy a tractor and something breaks that they, you know, it's a part they need. They can't get the part. They have to bring the tractor into a dealer to get fixed. And we have a mechanism where if, if you know, if you want to fix it yourself, um, we'll go through a little process where you tell us what's wrong and so forth. We'll send you the part and you can install yourself and, 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 the, and everybody's happy because the tractor owner got to fix it themselves, didn't have to drag the tractor in or wait weeks to get it repaired. But something they, they, you know, full well know they could have handled themselves. So we want to do all these things to empower the, you know, the, the tractor owner in ways that they have not been able to get information, advice. Um, previously, um, because, you know, we're, it's not just, it's just not our tractor and our, a new brand premium spec and distribution. It's access to information that is one of the leading, um, elements of our brand and how we're going to market. That is to empower the tractor owner to do things themselves if they so choose to. 
Um, however, we don't want anyone to think that we're we're telling people that buy our tractor, you got to fix it yourself. That's that's, that's not not uh, what we're doing there. We're saying if you want to, we will help you do that because it works out best for everyone if we, we can take that person and who has the skills and interest in doing it, and let them you know take care of their own tractor needs. Um, yeah, well, I think you'd be anything ever comes up. I think it'd be wise if you did a lot of those YouTube channels where, yeah, they're short bites of information because a lot of things on a tractor you can do yourself. But I think that, and there's a lot of people, you're right. I think they are doers. They're coming out of the cities and they want to get into this stuff, but they might not yet have the skills and they're going to go to YouTube and they're going to look it up because a lot of them are like me. I say this kind of jokingly, but I got, you know, basically one tool and it's called MasterCard. I'm just not good at this stuff. And it's also time an effort type thing. I don't know that I am ever going to be a tractor repair guy. So if I know I got, you know, I could do some basic stuff and and you're starting the build of the tractor with me in mind, it sounds like a guy like me. But if I have the time, I'll fix it. And if I don't, and then I have a network to go. Well, hey, Doug, we're, we're coming up on an hour here and I try to limit you because I know you got to get back to building and selling tractors. But real quick, you got one tractors out on the market right now, right? The TX25H. Correct. And that's what, a 26 horsepower? Well, it's uh, 24.7. 24.7, uh, okay. Yeah, Mitsubishi Diesel. We're, we're going to be adding the uh, a full eight-back uh, heating, ventilation, air conditioning. So heat and air, factory cab will be available nice. early 2024. And then uh, a 36-horsepower tractor in both an open station and full cab will be available in the first quarter of 2024. Oh, okay, so, good. And and our our strategy really is to kind of stop right there, at um, and and you know when, once you get over the forty and fifty and so forth, you get into the commercial activity, and we just want to you know stick with the customer we know, which is that you know that homeowner, that rural lifestyler, and so the, the an open station and cab twenty four point seven, an open station and cab thirty six horsepower, we think is you know gonna going to be all we really need to be doing. And again, it goes right back to that, those statistics about um, most tractors sold are under 40 horsepower. Um, We had 70% of them. So we we just think we're going to stick with those um, four models. Yeah. Well, coming from a guy that does, like I said, about 10 acres of uh, work on my food plots and I've got you know about the same size tractors, a TX25H, my John Deere 4020, and I do it fine. I could do it quicker if I had more horsepower. And there are times when I think I'd like to have more horsepower, but honestly, I'm doing just fine with what I got. And maybe someday down the road, I can, I get something. So, all right, well, let's go ahead and then we'll wrap it up. If, Hey, if people wanted to get a hold of you and somebody from the company, do you want to show out, throw out some numbers? I've already mentioned some things, but how would people find you if they want or find the company, if they wanted to look into these tractors? Sure. Well, summittractors.com is our website. And then uh, you can go to the the About Us section and you know, or contact Summit. And you will see all those different, you know, mechanisms. So the phone, an email, a text, a Facebook messenger, or, or fill out this little web form, which is basically tell us your name. And then you can pick a category of interest. You know, very popular right now is future Summit Tractor store locations. So anyway, just again, it's... Um, it's the people that are interested can contact us through any one of those means. 
We also um, we have an app, uh, an iOS and Android app. It's called Summit Tractors Connect, and you, anyone can download that, whether they own a tractor or not. And uh, once you connect that, you register with us. You, you now um, you have access to all the information on there that's on the website, but it'll be at the app. And um, we also will communicate to the, all the registered users uh, when new stores and new models are coming online. So again, that's Summit Tractors Connect um, iOS and Android app. Outstanding. All right, buddy. Well, you're a great American landman, and I appreciate coming on and sharing your story. And I'm going to encourage my listeners. I'm sure they're going to they're go check it out, and who knows? Maybe we moved a couple tractors for you. <laughs> yeah, that's great. All well, right. Neil, thanks so much. Um, what you're doing with your channel is um, very important. Uh, there are so many people out there that, that, that want to move from the suburbs out to the exurbs into the into the rural lifestyle, and I think your, your channel is doing them a great service by providing meaningful information. So, well, I thank uh, you for that. Honored, yeah, honored to be uh, be able to uh, be on your uh, on your podcast. We hope to make them uh, American Landman one acre at a time. <laughs> Pretty good. All right, buddy. All right, All thanks right. a lot. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. All right, that was a great conversation with Doug Rehor of Summit tractors.com. Um, I, I really appreciate the fact that Doug is a, a veteran and um, I went to his uh, site, like I said, early on and noticed that he was a uh, veteran owned and operated uh, Tunnels to Tower Foundation, which is a foundation I'm actually looking to get into. So check that out. It, they build homes for uh, disabled vets. And then his social media presence. Um, so many of these larger big box stores are kind of coming around to the social media idea such as these podcasts and and Facebook and YouTube but not very many in my opinion do it really well and I think the grassroots uh, exposure from guys like you and I who are buying these smaller parcels that don't need an ag uh, big ag piece of equipment but we want to buy some equipment to get started and not break the bank because uh, the worst thing is to be land poor uh, when you buy a property and then think oh my gosh now how do i work it so um i hope you enjoyed that it was a good conversation it sounds like this piece of equipment summit tractor is all set up and uh ready to go with everything that you're going to want and uh the was it the tx let me find this again the tx 25h uh with a loader the lx 85 loader seems to be good and it's selling well under twenty thousand with all of the options already on it um, which is really attractive to me. 24.7 horsepower uh, Mitsubishi diesel engine. So check them out, guys. Hey, guys, as I always do, um, if you guys are looking for land anywhere in the U.S. and uh, you're buying property or selling property, give me a call. I will hook you up with a uh, land specialist anywhere in the U.S. We have uh, agents with Whitetail Properties in 40 states now. Uh, and we have uh, one of my brothers and sisters. They're highly trained, highly skilled. They're just excellent people. And we will help you out and we'll make you the next American landman. So with that, let's sign off. I'm Neil Hogger. I'm a land specialist with Whitetail Properties Real Estate. And you've been listening to the American Landman Podcast. <laughs>